You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Whitney. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. Hey, it's been a little bit, but we're back. Uh, Clearly, it's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. It was before Halloween. It was actually Devil's Night down in Detroit. Um, so we got some things to talk about, some rants, some raves, and reviews, and stuff of that sort. Um, also, Cody Stamen will be joining us, of course, co-hosting. Uh, he's bringing in Vince Murdoch. MMA fighter from uh, Michigan Top Team. He's going to be our guest later. But, uh, you know, we're inconsistent right now. We got some um, stuff happening behind the scenes that just doesn't really correlate right now with the the podcast. But as a company as a whole, the undercard continues to move on. And um, uh, really quickly, though, speaking of uh, the undercard moving on and stuff, we want to give our uh, thoughts and prayers out to everybody in California um, just absolutely crazy um, what's happened and how many people don't have homes in Northern California, Southern California. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people just can't kind of fathom that how many people were affected by it. And for some reason, I don't know why forest fighters doesn't kind of get like the natural disaster attention, like a hurricane or something, but, um, listening to the news and, and following that friends, loved ones and, uh, people that are out there, uh, definitely thoughts with everybody in that whole situation. That's gotta be like, a uh, Rochelle, that's gotta be like the craziest feeling in the world. Just seeing it coming towards your house and just, your house is like everything and, you know, what you take with you. And then there's been some heroic stories, as there always is, whether whatever the natural disaster is. Um, but, you know, heard about a school bus driver driving a kid, uh, kids in the school bus for uh, through the fires and getting them to safety. But um, I remember in Gatlinburg a couple of years ago uh, watching the news and it just, you know, it, it sneaks up on you, too. And. Uh, so now they're going to get rain in California, but they're worried about mudslides in certain regions and stuff. So thoughts and, you know, prayers. I don't want to use that lightly because we do know some people that are affected by it out there. But um, I don't know. It's just it, it's a it's a weird one. I remember um, a sports uh, journalist saying uh, – one time uh, that, you know, the you, you get a lot in California weather-wise. It's like paradise, but uh, they do get the forest fires and they do get the landslides. But he was um, – what network was he with? I'm trying to think which network he was with at the time. But he did a little segment where he's like, don't give me the negative 20-degree weather. And 
And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's kind of puts into perspective in Michigan that you just don't have a lot of situations. We don't get tornadoes like, you know, Kansas and, and, uh, even some parts of the Midwest, uh, like Iowa and all those places that have shelters and we're not hurricane, uh, you know, way far inland for that. And we've never seen anything like forest fires either. So it may see a chat and mitten kind of look like a better place to live, Rochelle. I don't know. It's, it's just weird because you look at it from that perspective. There's not a lot to be afraid of in Michigan. Maybe the occasional tornado, but it's not like Tornado Alley where like every season. No, I mean, I think the biggest natural disaster we've had is uh you know maybe two feet of snow no earthquakes no um you know i'm probably missing a million different uh natural disasters but that's something to think of when uh you know i i guess you're looking at quality of stuff but i will tell you this that the traffic around detroit has been equal to the traffic in los angeles but I-75 has finally opened up and... But has it? I think it has. And uh, so we were a four-year-old radio show. We are now almost a six-year-old radio show when that construction started. So just let that sink in for a little bit about how how long that construction would happen. An election has happened since we were last on. Um I, you know, I wanted to touch briefly on that before we get into combats and stuff. It's just that, you know, it. I'm old enough that I can remember a lot of elections. I remember my first presidential election was Bob Dole versus President uh, Clinton at the time, and you you start to realize that things things are changing in society. And one of the observations I have about elections is that there used to be a relief when elections were over because it, it was that the name calling, the, 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 the ads, everything went away. And you knew you were going to get it in another two years again and you were going to just be miserable again. But the, the, it kind of like for a little bit there was harmony and we were all together Americans again. The one thing I've noticed is – this election divided us even more. What I don't care what side you're on. And it's scary. It really, as a parent, to think how divided this nation is. I don't care if it's 30% for this side, 70%, 60%, 40%. Um, you know, and I, I probably have a really unique view because I, I guess – Loosely, I'm a journalist. Professionally, would be considered one, but I, I I don't consider myself a journalist. But, um, you know, it it's this this fake news thing. Uh, it's just not going away. Um, I wish it would. I'm not taking sides on it, but people should have an opportunity to get the news unbiased, make decisions for themselves. And um, CNN's for one side, Fox News is for the other. 
somebody that does does it pretty well is Sirius Radio POTUS. Um, they kind of keep it as equal. <laughs> My iPad just told me they it can't help me with the country. Uh, so you basically have a situation in which the election's over. We're not a month over and things are even more rocky and there is no shoreline in sight. And uh, I watched, what's the name of the movie? No, no old country, no man, no country for old, Men. no country for old man. And Tommy Lee Jones has an amazing quote in it about um, the answer to all this is just to remove yourself from the situation. And you walk away from that movie. I hadn't seen the movie. Um, amazing movie. Finally got to see it. And it's just a powerful quote because that movie, Rochelle, you want to take a guess when that movie was done? I looked it up, I know. but 2007. Uh, 2010. So... Um, so anyways, uh, not much, you know, in, in it's a time piece. It, it rolls it back to about 1980, 1981, somewhere in there. And, you know, it's kind of like where we are in, in Tommy Lee Jones's sheriff's character is just very like, like apathetic about everything. And, and so, you know, we're not going to sit here and talk you know, election results. That's just not what we're here to do. We're here to be entertaining and try to give you a break from that stuff. But I am disappointed that we just kind of roll right back into it. They're talking about 2020 and, you know, it'd be nice as a country if we're not just pointing fingers for a little bit and try to get some stuff done. There's a lot of infrastructure stuff that absolutely needs done. We need some focus and, um, you know, we'll go from there. But before Cody gets here and brings our guest, um, there's a lot to cover. Um, so let's start with boxing. Uh, since we were last here, Floyd Mayweather said he was going to fight on Ryzen New Year's Eve. Then he wasn't going to fight on Ryzen New Year's Eve. And then now he's fighting on Ryzen, Rochelle, New Year's Eve. It's an exhibition. If you're curious, does it count against his real record? No. no. And it basically is a paid exhibition. And you guys really quickly that are new to the sport or maybe don't follow it, that's not uncommon, actually. Mike Tyson uh, went on like a tour of like uh, different countries in I think the Middle East or, or really rich countries and fought. People, he wore a shirt, you know, because he was out of shape Tyson. And, you know, it was just, it's more about saying you saw Mike Tyson. And uh, it gave some people opportunities. There's been exhibitions forever. So maybe this is how Floyd's going to continue to make his money. You can't be mad because in the past in boxing, this has happened a million times over and over. Um, But it's very interesting that, uh, it sounded like UFC was close to maybe doing something with Floyd or it sounded like Dana White was talking about it and then boom, he's at a Ryzen press conference. And when he was at the Ryzen press conference, uh, all indicators, there is a fight. He gets back to the States, says there's not a fight. Now there's a fight again with special rules. There'll be no kicking, whatever. 
Uh, my suggestion would be not to buy it for Floyd. Buy it for Ryzen, though, especially because our friend uh, Darren uh, Crushank is fighting. Cody will be in his corner. You know, it's a very entertaining league, but do not go run out and buy it because Floyd Mayweather's fighting an exhibition fight. Um, I hope I hope he goes all 50 states and allows people to see him. I mean, he was one of the greatest boxers of all time, but just don't pretend it's it's relevant. It's not. And it's it's an exhibition. It's a it's a, a play game. Rochelle will tell you. I don't do exhibitions. I don't like preseason anything. When I do something, it has to count. And uh, I couldn't do those type of fights. There's just no way I would do something that doesn't count. And I keep records on stuff. I keep uh, scores on stuff. Um, Even uh, when I had coached baseball for the first time, we were asked to do an exhibition. We didn't do it. It's just it's got to count. You know, in my mind, it's got to be on the ledger. But if he's comfortable doing it, making money because he lives an extravagant lifestyle, by all means, go ahead and do it. That was in the news. Also coming up is uh, Habib's uh, hearing in December, which will determine whether or not Conor McGregor uh, fights uh, Habib again. Um, There's no reason to. Habib totally dominated him. But we're going to get to see what the suspensions are going to be from that altercation and whether Habib even shows up and where they go with Conor McGregor. Clearly he has holes in his game, but he's your biggest superstar. Um haven't heard much Brock Lesnar talk. It doesn't seem like the UFC is getting close with him, and he just fought Survivor Series. Good riddance, though. I mean, I think everybody on this show, I, I don't want to see Brock Lesnar. I don't care. Um, I know the bar people want to see it, but whatever. I just, I, I don't. I just don't. He was not a, uh, I, I just, I don't know. Why are we recycling so much old talent? I want to see John Jones versus Daniel Cormier, three. I want to see uh, Cormier fight um, two or three more times in his career, uh, you know, even though his camp wants him to retire. But, I mean, I just I just don't care about the circus. The Diaz brothers, I don't care about the circus anymore. And it's just cynical. It just really is. And But what I'm tying together all thoughts is that Mayweather, the McGregors, the Diaz's, the, the Brock, crap that's circuses and that used to excite me and get me pumped at a fight game now me and my business partners or my writing partners we look at each other and we just shake our head it just it doesn't matter i've seen the toughest guys well i mean let's use conor mcgregor clearly one of the best trash talkers since maybe muhammad ali did that help him at all versus habib not at all and once you start to realize that that doesn't matter it does, you know, what matters is the results in the ring. It kind of loses the the fight week mentality, and I'm just tired of the circus. Been it, been in it too long, you know. Um, which brings me to my next point on boxing. Uh, DAZN got a couple weeks in through the app and have gotten to see an event. Uh, I tell you, the event in Kansas was top to bottom one of the better cards I have seen put on paper. 
And you had Rosado, you had Brandon Rios going against uh, older uh, Canelo's older brother, the other Alvarez. Uh, Shields was on the card, and then you had Big Baby Miller. And Eddie Hearn is creating something that we've never seen, I don't think. He is bringing, first off, he has the money to do it. I mean, he, he's looking to sink a billion dollars into boxing in 2019. 80 events. I think 80 events U.S. Um, But you know what? He said something Saturday night that stuck with me and it will be in my head forever. Anthony Sims Jr., who if you've gone to some local fights in Detroit, uh, you're familiar with him. Uh, he, he fought Eric Moon at one time. And he's fought for a couple card cards around here. Very talented fighter. 18 fights, 17 knockouts. Eddie was mad at the matchmaker. Why do you think he was mad at the matchmaker, Rochelle? I'm sorry. I'm working over here. <laughs> okay. He was mad at the matchmaker because uh, it was too easy for uh, Sims. What had happened was... Yes, another knockout win. But I've said this a million times, okay? Time is the most precious thing that all of us have. We all get old. And Eddie Hearn made a comment saying that I'm disappointed in it because uh, he was not able to learn anything. What did he learn from that knockout? And he said he was going to talk to the matchmaker he wasn't mad at the matchmaker, but what did he learn from that knockout? I love that. That's my theory on every time I see somebody with talent taking on somebody that's wearing pockets in their fucking uh, boxing shorts, have Air Jordans on and no boxing shoes. You don't learn anything from a 20-second knockout. There's nothing you can possibly learn, and you've lost two, three, four months out of your career. Time's the most valuable thing you got. Not to mention some brain cells. Well, no, I, I'm talking the, the the instant walkthroughs, like the why did you even book it? You're just padding your record. Doesn't matter. It's going to well, catch up I'm, with you. You're talking about the A side, right? Exactly. So, um, I loved that attitude um, with Sims Junior. Uh, in my inner circle, my boxing inner circle, Sims has been very. Very ranked high. I put him up there with Eric DeLeon around here, uh, Tony Harrison, um, Anthony Coleman I'm really high on. There's a few people I'm really, really high on, and then it drops really quick. And I think he's right. I think Eddie is absolutely right that uh, Sims is is ready to be the next um, – I don't want to say big thing, but uh, he had his own page in the program uh, to talk about. It was absolutely great. Um, what DeZonas bring is just huge. I was skeptical at first. Now let's talk about the, the watching experience, okay? Um, there's some problems. I'm good now. Uh Let's go two weeks back when I watched an event forward. Um, got got good Wi-Fi. Uh, there was some lag where I would have to like minimize the window for it to like 
catch up a little bit. It's stuff I don't have problems with with the WWE Network. It's stuff I don't have problems with with YouTube TV. We're talking about DAZN. Yeah. So I th- I think it's got to be DAZN, DAZN's uh, stuff. But within two weeks, the graphics became better. And all of a sudden... Shit. The first thing I watched on DAZN, I I don't think they had any graphics. Like maybe one when they're walking out. Now it seems like they're getting their shit together and slowly evolving. And if this thing, the one complaint I would have is that there's a little bit of lag. And if you're saying, if you're sitting there saying that you don't have a lag, bullshit. I watch WWE Network. I watch YouTube TV. I watch all that. Like it's the only one that has a lag. Uh, Once that gets figured out, this might be the greatest app of all time. And I'm not saying it because it's Eddie Hearn, but this thing is pretty awesome. And now there's commercial prices for bars to purchase it because a bar can't purchase it for $9.99 and show it to everybody. There's just not, that's not the business model. Um, they got the Canelo fight. Uh, it's not Canelo's toughest fight, but the opponent's a good opponent. It's at Madison Square Gardens. That's not a, I wouldn't say a, a hotbed for Canelo fans. You know, it's not Texas or it's not. I'm say it's the wrong side of the country. It's not Texas. It's not, you know, the dusty Mexican borderline. It's not Las Vegas. But this will be a stepping out party for DAZN. And you're starting to see what uh, Eddie has in mind uh, with match uh, room boxing uh, for the future. And you know what? I'm I'm gonna rate it like a BB minus right now. Um, very excited about it. Some exciting stuff. Some some entertainment value that you get to see. And uh, Europe. So, uh, all I can do is compare it to something similar. And if you've ever been to a PBC fight. Now, things might have changed, but the last PBC fight I went to, you don't get to hear uh, the announcer didn't even get in the ring. You didn't get video highlights. I was in a press box, and they weren't giving us uh, reviews of the fight where we could see what happened, uh, one of the Easter fights. So the live experience for PBC was lackluster. And I, I talked to my business partner and I, I said, would you rather have been home and watch this or been here and watch this? And then we both agreed at home. The zone, on the other hand, is opposite, a little bit exciting. Oh, more rock and roll, by the way. Uh, the music selections, everything like that. Uh, I, the, the future for the zone is pretty bright. And it, it's an apples to orange experience. I like that they brought back programs. I don't know where why programs kind of went away from boxing, but that they're events, you know. And what makes boxing so exciting is that you know if you're going to Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, there's not going to be a game two or game seven tomorrow. You're going to see a finality. Now there might be a rematch, but that's the one thing I've always said about boxing and MMA. You're at the event. And there's not going to be an additional event that you could go to. I don't know if that makes sense, but let's let's go back to when I had uh, Red Wing season tickets. Uh, the last year, Eiserman won it. And you're trying to figure out, will you see the cup being won? I took my mom to game one, 
Game two, I'm taking the girl that I'm dating. Uh, we got to win the next two in Carolina to come back to it for a chance to win it in game five. Like, there's a lot of things to happen. You're going to see somebody, unless it's a draw, lift a belt. That's what makes these events special. And somewhere along the lines, programs went away. <laughs> Fight posters went away. They're events. They should have minimum posters for sale, programs for sale. And and just embrace that it's a freaking event kind of thing. You take an event to Kansas, you're going to bring it to Detroit. You're going to bring it to Cincinnati, Ohio. I think uh, that's appealing about zone. Absolutely. Because of one fighter who is from Kansas, you did a card around it. That kid didn't impress me. I didn't want to get too much into it, but um, not as impressive as I thought. But uh, running through the car- card really quick, Clarissa Shields uh, continues rolling on. Nothing changed in her landscape with this win. Nothing. You got to fight Hammer. You got to find opponents. Um, you you fought a musician, somebody that trains five hours with a. I forget the wooden instrument she trains with, with an orchestra. Uh, you're a full-time boxer. You're supposed to look that good. I I scored it. I didn't have it. Uh, all three judges had 198. Or I'm sorry, 100 to 90. I had it um, 97 uh, for Shields. Uh, you know, I, I thought there was a couple rounds where, eh, But Shields dominated. She's supposed to dominate. Uh until there's an opponent that is a full-time boxer, she's supposed to dominate the Nikki Adler. She's supposed to dominate all these people. And I go back to uh, an interview I did with her. And the first question I asked her, I was with colleagues, and I said, I'm going to ask her hard questions today. And then one of the other colleagues says, I'm going to ask him hard questions. And he served up some cake, just like we're going to do later, celebrating some birthdays. I mean, they were like softballs. My first question to her was, you don't have knockout power. And this was early in her career. And she's like, what do you mean I don't have knockout power? And she did this, did this, did this. I'll let you in on a secret. Didn't have knockout power again Saturday. And... When I was talking earlier about don't like the circuses, don't like this, there was an article that was ran in the Detroit Free Press or Detroit News about Shields. And it said that she thought her opponent was shaking and that she could see her jaw trembling, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. Your opponent wasn't scared of you. Nobody's scared of you. You might outbox them, but they're not scared because they're not going to get hurt. Now, you may be the greatest women's boxer of all time, and but once again, you're a full time female boxer. And until you run into a full time female boxer, I cannot talk about where you might be legacy wise. You fight at a weight that's very difficult. Hopefully hammer whatever injury she's nursing. Hopefully this fight can happen. Now, I personally think she's fighting again in three weeks in California. December 8th. Yeah, December 8th. Uh, I'll let you in on a secret. That's probably to get out of a contract. <laughs> like I, I I mean, that's probably like I'm going to get my fights in to get out of a certain contract. Um, But make no mistake about it. Once again, a fight she should dominate. 
if these knockouts don't start piling up, she won't be marketable. It just won't happen. And it's nothing against how talented she is. It's nothing against her background. It's nothing against women's boxing. It's just you got to be exciting. Uh, There was nothing exciting about that fight. I mean, you're in the entertainment business. Uh, Dana White gets it. Eddie Hearn gets it. Everybody gets it. There's nothing too exciting about it. Um, You know, Eddie said he was afraid of Shields, I saw in an interview. I don't know why. Like, you, you, uh, you know, if she comes after you, but you have valid points, you know, I think it's safe to say right now she can't knock out many people. Uh, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's something uh, to do with anything, but it's the best I've ever seen her, though. And that's the best compliment I can give her. That's the best I've seen her. She looked fast. Not only did she look fast, she threw together combinations, new trainer, everything's looking good. Still no knockout power. There it never was I like, uh-oh, person's in trouble. It just, it just wasn't. Uh, Big Baby Miller, uh, main event of that card for DAZN. Um, I'm not going to talk about his fight, uh, but the guys, you know, I've, I've, I've met Big Baby Miller. He's likable. He's just like a giant teddy bear, okay? Just an absolute uh, cool guy to talk to. I like him. Right. Uh, but, but he has a mom's butt, by the way. I don't even care that he knows that I say that. I saw him in sweatpants. I didn't sweatpants. check out his butt. But no, 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 no. He was wearing sweatpants, uh-huh. and it was it was like a mom butt. Uh-huh. But he, he admits he's a 320-pound heavyweight. Like, you got to worry about the ring every time he gets in that it's going to uphold. I mean, think about that. Because he, his opponent's huge. 200. He's huge. That's 500 pounds and dancing just, around. Yeah, and say, not boom, just, boom, boom, yeah, boom, boom, not right, just exactly. walking or tiptoeing. Boom, 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 boom. I like his speed. Uh, but he's two, away, so two years away from anything. Um, I like his uh, athleticism. I like his flexibility. I like his mentality. And is he marketable? Absolutely, he's marketable. He's so charming. Right. But the way the landscape is right now, and we don't know what's going to happen while they're fury. It's coming up in uh, two weeks. We don't know what's going to happen. And then the Joshua has a couple options. You know, I would like in a perfect world for Miller to fight on undercards that Joshua does until he gets an opportunity. Um, but then the downfall of big baby Miller is his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, very big, but not Joshua big, not Wilder big. He uh, That is the interesting thing. Um, you know, he might get the Finner uh, to fight. Uh, oh God. He might get an opportunity to fight here in a couple more weeks again. I mean, this was a short notice fight. Uh, he took one from Chicago, just like Shields. They're, these guys are starting to pick up the pace. I like that. Fight. You're fighters. Fight and go get the money that you want. Um, but I just don't know how Miller's going to do against the big heavyweights. It's it's too early to know. Uh, that being said, 
as I'm talking heavyweight boxing, uh, I, I've, I've put every little potion into my, you know, stew cooker or whatever, Rochelle, pot, ro- crock pot, crock pot. There you go. I cannot figure out a way Tyson Fury is going to beat Deontay Wilder. I don't know if Deontay is going to knock him out. I, I don't think you, you can say something like that. But, um, you know, let's say at minimum Deontay Wilder wins by decision. That should be the easy uh, way. Now, who do you believe here? Do you believe Eddie Hearn or do you believe Wilder that fair offers have been made by Eddie to fight Joshua? I tell you this, the window will close on Wilder and Wilder needs Joshua. Joshua doesn't need Wilder. And it's just the way boxing is over in Europe. And I'm hoping that if Wilder's able to do something spectacular against Fury, that this fight happens. That, uh, according to Eddie Hearn, and once again, this is coming from one side. There's always two sides to the story. Uh, the deal was that if there was a rematch, it happened in the States. I just don't understand why Wilder wouldn't take these deals unless Eddie Hearn is totally not telling us the truth. Um, make this fight happen. You're ready. You guys are huge. Let's make this happen. And then at this time, I think Wilder might beat Joshua. I, I really I really do think that the more I watch Deontay Wilder and um, as media, I'm not supposed to take sides, but I want an American heavyweight champ. I want a guy who got out of the Alabama football program to take care of his daughter who is uh, ill uh, because he needed to make money. Everything about Deontay Wilder is a good story. Uh, I'm not saying Anthony Joshua was a good guy, but to have an American heavyweight champion again, and mind you, as I'm growing up, the heavyweight championship was the greatest thing you could have in boxing. Then it was controlled by uh, the Klitschko brothers, uh, you know, Riddick Bow. Like it, it became very European there for a little bit. It would mean something if Wilder's able to pull this off. Just, just take the deal. Believe in yourself. Jump and the net will appear. And 30% of a lot of money is still 30% of a lot of money. So in two weeks, I don't even need to see the weigh-ins because they're heavyweights. I don't need to see what Wilder's done. I just, I'm going to pick Wilder. I'm going to pick it by decision. I don't think he knocks out Fury. And I'm going to go on record right now and say that that's where the smart money lies, by decision. Probably dominates him. I just think the Gypsy King's been gone way too long. Gypsy King, what do you think of that nickname? That's a pretty cool nickname. I mean, it's not uh, uh, the Bob Ross one. Oh, shit. What's uh, the MMA fighters? Uh, the Violent Bob Ross. Violent Bob Ross. Yeah. Korean Zombie's a great one. That is a good one. Uh, Uncle, Cre- Uncle Creepy. <laughs> Uncle Creepy might have been best. Uncle Creepy? Uh, Ian uh, from UFC. Uh, so, you know, you got a mustache like that. That's what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're known by their nicknames. Gypsy King's up there. It's top five. Uh, it's just a funny freaking nickname. Uh, but lots going on in boxing. Then you got Canelo fighting. 
Then you got Tony Harrison fighting Charlo uh, for a huge title in uh, New York. Uh, and then we close down for a little bit. You know, don't, like I said, don't go by the Mayweather fight, by the Ryzen event, and go enjoy some great MMA uh, where Cody will be here in a little bit and he can tell you all the differences in the rules over there, what's allowed, and uh, going from there. But let me transition into MMA a little bit. So great job, Eddie Hearn. Great job, DeZone. Great job, uh, uh, Shields, great job, uh, Big Baby Miller. I mean, you, the opponents are in front of you. Uh, you're doing what you got to do. So let's transition into MMA and local MMA here really quick. I I, I presented something to um, Rochelle. Observation. You know, UFC is on so often now. I mean, right now that you could probably turn on... Uh, a channel and have a replay of a previous event, you know, UFC something or UFC fight night, this, and they released their first quarter schedule. No, they're not coming to Detroit yet, but there's some TBAs. So maybe, maybe they'll come. Uh, so you have this situation here really quick in which any given night you can watch UFC fights, mix in their reality show, mix in uh, UFC fight pass, and I think we're seeing the oversaturation of MMA right now. I think we're seeing uh, the peak. NASCAR had a peak. MMA has has hit its peak. So what's that mean? It, well, it means a couple things. One, MMA is going to experience what boxing experiences going forward. It's going to experience... Uh, you're a niche sport. We're a niche show. You might not like anything I talk about, or you might like everything I talk about. Um, it's niche. Uh, Rochelle, have you ever been? Rochelle does the grocery shopping. Uh, have you ever seen a UFC fighter on a Wheaties box? No, I, th- I think one has been. You'd have to Google it, but I think one has. Um, they're just not on the level and it's falling like boxing in which people that enjoy the sport enjoy it. But UFC Anthony Pettis Pettis was. Yeah. That's who I actually thought to showtime. Um, but that was four years ago. Right. So what you have here is that UFC is getting healthier, but maybe MMA as a sports not becoming healthier because, uh, you're you're just it's everywhere um it's on all the time and ufc has had the ability to do this and now that espn is involved you're gonna have it happen again i mean any given weekend 50 60 events are going on across the country and most people won't watch all the promotions won't go on fight pass to watch a previous promotion. Most people, once the event happens, won't happen. MMA is a very, I know this guy fighting, I'm going to buy a ticket and support him. I've seen people leave an MMA crowds because my guy already fought. I've seen it. It happens all the time at uh, WXC. Like the end of the night, 
because Mike uh, shows run late. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean the shows aren't good. Doesn't mean Mike didn't, you know, match it well. But WXC, local example, end of the night, main event, supposed to be the highlight of the event. People have left because their fighters have already fought and it's getting late in the evening. I don't see that happen in boxing around here. Boxing, people stick around for the main events. They they, they enjoy the sports as whole. I just think it's an oversaturation thing. Um, it's just a lot of it out there. So for a casual fan who has no interest in local MMA because they don't know anybody from MMA, they know UFC. And the old joke was, man, you don't even UFC. You know, they don't call it MMA. They call it UFC. Uh, and that the cool thing about that for UFC is that you're on that brand level as like Xerox. I mean, you know, like people say make a make a copy of that, but they used to say make a Xerox of that. Like you you you've you've branded so well Ditto. that somebody right you you branded so well that people call it what it's not anyways. Uh so it's gonna be interesting because running into ESPN will people get even more tired of MMA outside observation. And it's not like just local here. We go other places and we were just in another promotion out of state. Worst attendance I've ever seen in an MMA event. You were there. It was horrendous. Right. I mean, it was a library in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know whose fault it is or what, but it, it comes back down to oversaturation. I really do think if I was a promotion and I would never do it because there's no way to make money as a promoter unless you really, really know what you're doing. And there's a couple people out there that really, really, really know what they're doing. Matt, Matt's one of them. Joseph Pataglia is one of them. Um, you know, uh, uh, Carlos is one of them. I mean, they, they, they know it. They know the business inside out. Um, but when we were at that one event, I'm looking around and I'm just like, there's just nobody here. And we've been there for boxing, and the place is jam-packed. Right. right. Different different crowds. Um, but boxing isn't oversaturated as much as MMA. It's everywhere. Well, I mean, it's just I constant. mean, every, every week you have, what, two to three shows? Going on at a time. Um, well, but it's between... Bellator? What, between what's on TV. Right. And then you've got your UFC fight nights. You've got your UFC. Yeah. You I know mean, what? There's just, there's a lot. I haven't watched Bellator yet on DAZN, but I got to, Bellator landed on DAZN. And there's always I think so that many changes new, everything. Well, the other like people Bellator. is there's a lot of things, there's a lot of people that come into the sport and you don't know that they've got new people in the sport unless you know that person. Right. It's not like, oh, there's a draft. And this is who's getting uh, picked for the UFC this year. That would be cool. That f- you got a brilliant idea. UFC used to always cut monthly, and you could expect when someone was going to get cut. Let's have a cut day once a month and a welcome party once a month where people come in. I I've told you this for six years now. I don't think UFC recycles their talent quick enough. 
I think no. Cody, I think Cody should have been in there a long time ago. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I'm looking at the guys' records that are in there right now, and I'm like, well, why wasn't he in there? Because because it's just it's just so much because there's can so much of it, right? Um, there's a lot of people that we know that should be in the UFC if that's where you want to go. Uh, you know, there's other promotions out there, Bellator, obviously, Rise mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But um, oh, and that is it's huge for uh, Bellator. There should be a cut day. Where people like gather around and go, ooh, that person lost three in a row. Here comes the cut. And there should be uh, a draft day where, like, not so much a draft day, but an mm-hmm. invitation day. We're inviting, uh, you know, th- this fighter to come fight for the UFC on a two fight con- contract because we've we've admired what he's done. Mm-hmm. I think that would be sweet. Just a, a designated day, have a show on your uh, ESPN, you know, and do it. Yeah. You got to recycle talent quicker. I mean that that's part of it. Mm-hmm. People need to be cut quicker. Like I can name five fighters right now in the UFC that don't freaking belong there. And I'm not even talking records, but your last fight doesn't look as good as your previous fight and your previous fight doesn't look as good and then sometimes you know what you got. And these people aren't going to change. I can name five quick. And then give me some time, and I'll give you 20. And then I'll give you 20 people that I've seen that are hell on wheels that should be in there. Or at least given a chance. Right. Now, let's use our our friend Darren, right? Darren lucked out and just found, like, my my big joke is uh, Xanadu. I call that, when I say, like, you found Xanadu. It's your roller skates. Yeah, you found, uh, basically, uh, you, you found paradise. Like, Darren, for everything he is, he's an entertainer first. He's one of the funniest, honest guys you could get. And then his style wasn't so great for UFC. I mean, it's citing knockouts, right? But there was a game plan to take him down. He goes over to Ryzen, and then boom, catches a little bit of momentum, plays up the American thing, grows some crazy facial hairs that scared everybody. Uh, would restrict you from going near schools for like 30 miles. <laughs> and and then so he's a huge, huge star over there. And he found like the perfect location. He can only be location. so big though. He is a tiny one. No, but over there, uh, Cody oh, says no, really tall. Oh, that's right, that's right. They really are tall, tall over there. there. <laughs> so uh, that's a perfect fit <laughs> for him. There's some fighters right now in the UFC that would be better suited for other promotions out there. And uh, I'd like to see that. And we witnessed our first trade, too. Uh, ben Askren coming over. Um, I wanted that to happen for since day one. I've told you people, Ben Askren's the best fighter I've ever seen up close. He's, I've never seen him even lose 10 seconds. Boring as shit. Puts me to sleep every time. But But amazing. And now he's in the UFC. And I don't care who they throw in front of him. I if if he is as good as he used to be, mm-hmm. holy shit! Like I mean, Corey. right? I mean, I just absolutely could be like, like such a game changer. Just uh, I mean, unbelievable because people are gonna hate him and want him to lose, and he probably won't lose. I mean, I'm not saying that the talent in UFC won't be tougher than what he's faced. In one and tougher than what he faced in Bellator, but the guy um, having interviewed him, having done press conferences with him, having 
Yeah, That's my bell. At least two. Pre- you got my bell. At least two events with him at Bellator. Get my bell. Uh, he just has that rub you wrong kind of mentality. I think he's perfect. I really do. And you know what? The great thing is, him and Dana are going to get into it all the time. Matter of fact, Dana might not even like him still, but had to have him to like develop some talent. Um, you know, I'd love to see him go against somebody uh, technical like he is. Uh, and how many transitions would happen in a wrestling match. And so we'll see it. But you had a trade. Um, maybe more of that will happen. I don't know. It's just that MMA, just like us with podcasting, there's another step after this. Well, there's trends like, and stuff. What's the next step? Because because they are the number one MMA company out there, they can basically make the rules. They have like the world in front of them to change it, right? And make it more interesting. No, I I got you. Why are you yawning as you say the word interesting? Oh, because it's I've been up irony. since four. That's some irony right there. Interesting I'm a and then tired. yawning. Um, but yeah, so those were my rants. I just had a lot to get off my chest. A lot more has happened, but I know I'm let's so glad cover- you could share it with everybody else. That's right. It snowed. Since we were here last, <laughs> snowed a few times. Exactly. It it, it snowed. It snowed. Um, All I know is that Cody's not here yet, and my cake is calling my name. Oh, we'll wait for Cody. I Text know. Him. Where in the hell is he? Text him. Cody. He was training. He was training. <laughs> Text him. Chocolate cake here. Text him. We celebrate. I don't birthdays even have his here. number. Text him. I'll text him right now. Well, let's go to our first break, and then uh, Cody will be joining us with Vince Murdoch, and then we'll cover what else is going on in this crazy, crazy, crazy world. Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. We are joined by uh, Cody, and he brought us Vince Murdoch. Uh Officially with Michigan Top Team now, right? You're officially with her? You were with Team Alpha Male? Team then? Alpha Male, and I'm just in town. I mean, I've always been kind of with Michigan Top Team, I guess, but uh, not officially. <sighs> officially non-official. <laughs> it's a brotherhood <laughs> over a, there. Yeah. You're you're, you're kind of. Kind of. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about his fight that's happening December 1st on the west side of the state, Lansing, Michigan, capital of Michigan. Uh, he's fighting Justin King, uh, which is, uh, you know where you are on the fight card? Um, near, near the, near the end, I was, I keep getting pushed back. They keep adding fights, these bigger fights to the card. Uh, originally I thought it was the co, um, then I'm just under the co. And you're, then, you're fighting for a belt? Yeah. That's weird that's not. Yeah, there's yeah, there's some big names on the card, so, or big, uh eh, I'm a big name, I like to think, but. There's just <laughs> some people that live in that area yeah. that are selling a lot of tickets. Yeah. That's what it comes down to in this level. So if you're not familiar with Vince, uh, he's fought around the world. Not only that, uh, is with two teams with a ton of talent. The first being, uh, you know, Team Alpha Male and then uh, Michigan Top Team. I don't know. There's some big names over there with Darren and Fish and everything like that. Those those guys have had some experience. Uh, not this guy. 
Yeah, try. <laughs> We're waiting for Cody to get some TV time and some experience. <laughs> he just doesn't get enough. Darren and Fisher, and then a couple other guys. That's okay. <laughs> There's a guy that's always with. Yeah, I was in. I was time. in that. I was in that category a long time. <laughs> I had to work a long time to get out of that uh, shadow. So, um, if you're not familiar with him, like I said, he's fought around the world. He's 11 and three, and then uh, he's going against a, a very stable opponent and a seven and five guy who also just isn't just hitting local circuits and stuff. So, uh, tell us a little bit about this fight, Vince. Um, how it was approached to you? What you know about your opponent, and what makes you a dangerous mother effer? Um, well, leading up to the fight or the card, PD wanted me on the card, and we were having difficult time sourcing. Uh, uh, an opponent and I was slated to fight Justin King two years ago and I turned pulled out of the fight to fight for Bellator in San Jose um, California uh, and then so I was like let's run it back and you know hit him up he wasn't available then like a week later suddenly he was available and now we're just gonna make it happen again so <laughs> so what do you what do you know about your opponent but you, you gotta you gotta finish my first question what makes you a badass, though? <laughs> uh, what makes me a badass? Um, I don't Your know. ability to grow that beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, I've been working on this. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess that makes me a badass is this beard. Badass beard, badass fighter. <laughs> All right. That's how it works. That's uh, how it works. You grow a beard, you're sweet. <laughs> UFC was celebrating uh, 25 years? Is it 25? 35. 25. 25. 25. Uh, and they went back to the old throwback uh, graphics on the card that Amanda Bobby Cooper was on. And, and uh, How'd she do? Uh, she uh, she should have won. Lost I heard it was close. Decision. Yeah, tough decision. It was yeah. close. I heard it was she should have won. She should have won. I heard, I heard arguments. A lot of people, Michigan people said she should have won. A lot she of other won. people said yeah, that. It was, it was kind of a shocker. The, the, she got at least two rounds out of it. The scorecard looked like it was obviously she won. Yeah, when you but go back in MMA, the, that's weird though. You know what I mean? You never. Yeah, know. she could have like whooped the girl's butt for. You never know. I didn't see the fight, so I can't. It really was speculate. close though. Um, She's from Michigan. I, I want her to do well. Yeah. Outside observation, though, it was. Uh, I would have been scared to death if you were out there, Cody, because it was uh, Colorado refs, and uh, they don't get a lot, a lot of big shows through there. You know they're high. And then, uh, <laughs> well, now Michigan's legalized too. So there, you know. there was also a decision where somebody. I watched yeah, the card. I can't the remember. Card, it was pretty bad. Where he had to watch on TV what, how, whether he stopped the fight or not, or whether it was a tap. I've never oh, yeah, even yeah. seen that happen. I'm yeah, trying to the think rough. the fight. It was uh, fucked up. Fuck. Anyways, uh, so I don't know how much experiences the judges Sounds like had. the UFC is going back to Colorado real soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so they went back to the old graphics where like they would be like jujitsu versus striking it was kind of cool and uh what would you say your number one discipline is are you a striker ground game um you know i wrestled i started wrestling and i was a wrestler for a long long time but when you when you meet darren and and you you, you when i met darren you kind of fall in love with the way he uh you know moves and stuff and strikes and you know him himself was a wrestler and now you know he's just a just crazy kickboxer knocking people out uh and that's kind of what i wanted to be and you know he's taught me that it's a spectator sport people you know want to see people get knocked out and that's what i aim to do so i would say i i like to be more of a stand-up guy but i want to win too so wherever it takes me uh i know how to do it all but uh yeah i'd like to 
donk him. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you fought in Bellator how many years ago? Because they, they've I've, changed formats so many yeah, times. Yeah, I fought 2011 in so Maine. So that was the old tournament formats uh, where they would yes. bring on local people but then still have the tournaments yeah, running for the I wasn't cars. a local person. I was. You were in the tourney? No, I was not, but I flew. It was in Maine. And then I fought on another card in San Jose. So I fought for him twice, about four or five years apart, um, 2016 and 2011. So. Was it uh, when they were on those Thursdays? Or nope, we, no, both it was Saturday a, shows. Okay, or, both Saturday shows. Um, man, the things. What did you think of Bjorn, Bjorn Rebzi? I liked him. Uh, I only met him that one time because the first time it was Scott Coker the second time. Yeah. Uh, he was nice to me. He he was nice. And, you know, I came up to him and I was like, hey, man, you know, uh, love to fight for you again. And, you know, he'd said all the nice things that he probably should. Um, but um, nothing transpired from it. And But he was nice. I thought he did well. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know his dad's the Winnebago man? What? Have you ever see, watched the Winnebago documentary about the Winnebago? No. Oh my gosh, you guys are in for it. There's a documentary about his, his uh, about his dad. Bjorn's dad? Yeah, I know he had a lot of money. Does he just like travel around in it? No, 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 no. His dad used to sell Winnebagos, uh-huh. and um, it's such a wild thing. It's uh, there's these all these clips that came out like of like when he was trying to sell Winnebagos, and they're like, what are they? What, um, bloopers, I guess, and it's of him just getting really upset, like off air and they're hilarious i can't believe you guys oh. never heard of that it's so funny oh now. wait no wait i have yeah you it's pl- like in the 70s or something yes it is yes. hilarious i have seen them Co- and they're Co- all about like win- bjorn uh, I'll, I'll show I met him yeah he, uh can you hit your bell please? he was uh no there. i mean we've all, we've all been in the same clicks <laughs> we kidding. know everybody bjorn was it. really really cool when no one was like given the undercard like respect bjorn was like come on and then, like you know, everything fell from there. But so I, I, I had a different old approach. But I know a lot of people that fought for him were like, didn't like him. Uh, he was good to me, right? The you crazy know. thing about Bjorn is, I reverse engineer him all the time, dude. He he started Bellator and had it taken away from him. Yeah. So like, I look at every time we're approached the undercard, I look. I'm like, I don't want to get Bjorn on this deal. Like, I'm trying to figure out like how not to lose a company. You know what I'm saying? They because made a like whole movie on it. Uh, yeah, and the Winnebago? The Winnebago? There's a documentary. Man, it is good. I can't believe you guys haven't seen it. <laughs> Shit, and he looks nothing like him. Oh, man. That's uh, what I was looking at. I'm like, you lose it. Look. You lose it. It's hilarious. But Bellator was, uh, I mean, was it a good experience? It gave you some, like, good It was an time? awesome experience. And I think, I'm not sure so much that, that, you know, he, like, lost his job or it just became, you know, too much. Um, it just seemed like it was... It was a lot on his plate with very few utilities. I mean, back then it was still pretty, you know, we didn't have all the people weren't getting paid yet. So the fighters hasn't grown as much as it is. And then you got a guy like Scott Coker come in with a huge resume. Awesome. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of compete against. I don't say compete because, you know, he he did well. He was good to me. The only thing I can say that that um, he found Ben Askren. Yeah. And yeah, well, they, they had me on a contract for three years. But only gave me one fight, and every time I had another fight with them, they would pull it right out from underneath me. Like that's what three I heard. Or f- three about three times. I was supposed to fight one guy. They pulled me out and put Cody in. <laughs> Cody. They went to the bullpen. Remember that? No. He was supposed to fight Justin Houghton. I was supposed to fight. I got the contract for it and everything. Really? Yeah. And then Cody was supposed to fight. He him. showed up seven pounds overweight. Ah. Uh, and shit. they took my ticket money. And really? 
didn't tell me that he would that he didn't that he wasn't gonna make weight until after they took my ticket money. Fuck. Yeah, I mean they, they shysted me, but that's a lesson. No, I, I mean that's that's a lesson I learned in fighting. It's just a lot of pissed off people that showed up, you know, drove right two hours to Mount Pleasant, and then I didn't fight. Just and the reason I got off track because you know let's look to the future is just that Bjorn, the people that had interactions with him, it's just interesting to hear because like. Either it's really positive or it's really negative. I'm coming from a media standpoint where yeah. it's, I could have done no wrong. But I hear for a lot of fighters that that was the number one complaint. And that's why Scott is working so well with Bellator is that he's given these fighters a lot to do. The other thing that was really wrong about Bjorn is Dana White's a guy you probably don't ever want to verbally spar with. I mean, yeah. he just has the platform. He's really good at it. And uh, when they would go back and forth, you just knew you were like – when Bjorn would say something, he'd be like, oh, good God. But Bjorn had Viacom money. So you were like, at that time, That's that money. was worth more than UFC. Oh, so yeah. it was like, you know, he had stuff. He just couldn't figure it out. But now yeah. UFC with their private investors, they're ahead probably, you know. Maybe. We know. Viacom's got a lot of money. Who knows? I mean, they're, they're, they're still around for a reason. Like, I mean, I think they're, they're itching to, you know, they're trying to put it to the UFC. They have a I think vendetta. they're a senior league. I really do. I told, told Cody <laughs> Maybe. this. I think that, yeah. like, you know, in 20 years when Cody's done fighting UFC, there'll be some senior. It's yep. like the senior PGA now. They'll probably pay him more too. <laughs> right. Um but Bjorn finding uh Ben Askren was probably his his number one thing and 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 you know the to get back on that really quick uh you fought Bellator and that really hurt your chances of like if you had a dream of getting to the UFC. What is your dream? Where 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 do you want to end up ideally or um, are you just going to Ideally, I, th- I you know I'd like to compete on the biggest platforms. That's ideally what I want. Uh, UFC is always something that I want. Um, but I kind of just look at it. You know, if I'm good enough, I'll get there, and uh, I'm working towards it. So that's all I can ask for. I just enjoy competing. Uh, I feel like I'm really lucky to be able to keep competing. So, you know, if if I I strongly believe I'll get there, but if it doesn't happen, I'll be okay with it. Just because I've had you know I got my opportunity to compete in the sport and. Um, yeah, that's the biggest platform. I'd like to be at, in the UFC, but it, you know, any any the biggest platform is where I want to compete. Uh, Cody was very lucky, and I we've talked about this before. He, he took little damage on his way up. Uh, your career, like how much opposite. damage have you? Opposite, opposite? of course. <laughs> that, that's difficult because yeah. like I was always rushing in the fights that I shouldn't have took. I'd take short notice fights. I didn't have the patience Cody did, um, which probably you know obviously did hurt me. But at the same time. Um, it's just the way I've always been, and you know, I guess I've learned from it, and I haven't learned from it. But I think it kind of just makes me who I am, and um, you know, that's just that's just how I, I always they they give me a name. I'm like I can beat that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just how I am. They hand me a fight, perfect. You know what I mean? So yeah, I should have taken probably maybe a slower approach to it. Um, you know, and, and and you know, all my losses uh, were short notice fights. You know, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> so you learn that mistake. Yeah, yeah. Try not to do that if you don't have to. If I don't have to, yeah. Cody, with Vince, what, what what do you think his strong points are? You obviously are training with him right now. And- he's really athletic. Uh, he's consistent. He's been doing it a really long time. Um, and anybody that, uh, that's that been training consistently for that amount of time, you know, and has, like, you know, his mindset on uh, 
high goals, you know, obviously, you know, they're going to be, you know, one, they're going to be really, really savvy because they're, you know, I look at veteran, uh, Vince, you know, it's crazy to think that we're like veterans now in MMA because yeah. we've been doing it for so long. Shit, yeah, you are. You know, so, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you've been doing, you, when, when you compete for that long at something, you know, you're, you're good everywhere. You know, I think Vince is a really hard guy to beat. And if he just, uh, you know, keeps his head on, he'll be in the UFC. You have a recognizable name too. That helps you, dude. Like Vince Murder. <laughs> I'm serious. Like you know, it just like sticks out. Yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> it like, sounds like a character out of a movie. I was Vince thinking that Prince on the Murdoch, way here. Uh, yeah. The Prince. Uh, the Prince. Nice. Vince the Prince. Uh, no, it, it, it it's it's markability, man. It is. It's it's catchy. No, Vince you, Murdoch. You got yeah. the Prince. <laughs> got the that. Prince Vince. Uh, <laughs> uh, how much? I mean, uh, obviously. Uh, you know when you, it's a passion of yours how much do you watch mainstream mma you know i was kind of really took the you know darren's approach when i first started where i didn't really i was never really a fan of the sport i was more of a fan of being able to compete and get in there so i didn't really know too much i didn't watch too much um you know what i mean i, I wasn't like going out on the weekends and watching these ufc events i didn't have a favorite fighter for a long time um, you know, it's only recent, not recently, but in the last like two or three years, I really started paying attention to more things and being at a bigger team, uh, you see a lot more of these bigger names in and out of the doors. So it's really kind of opened my eyes to, you know, it's important to keep track of where you're at and st- stack up against these guys. But, uh, I didn't get into this. I was never a fan. I was a fan of, you know, myself and that was it. And <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. Always been a huge fan of MMA <laughs> and watch it as much I'm like as a you nerd. can. I'm a yeah, fight, you know, I nerd. just never. If I ever watch it, I just want it to be me, and it's a bit selfish, but it's a selfish sport. Um, and I just, anytime I watch somebody do something or do something, I always, I think I could do that or I could do it better. Or, um, you know, <laughs> right. So it's not that I don't like it. There, I mean, I do now, but when I first started, I kind of had that you know thing where i focused on myself and i and i still do but um it's important to progress in the sport to pay attention to you know what's going on and on the mainstream like you learn a lot yeah yeah you learn a lot like there's new techniques that are popping up all the time because uh, the sport's always ev- yeah. always what evolving a, what about how korean zombie got knocked out oh what my gosh fuck, dude like, that, that is reminds just, me that's like, never gonna happen again that is freak. It it's just reminds like me of like <laughs> I feel like you um, didn't even do it on purpose. It's a Mortal Kombat game, and like you know, like <laughs> where you just press the special button over and over and over and over until it lands. That's what happened. <laughs> Did he try that more than one time? He just he tries a bunch of crazy shit, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like he was an accident, though. I feel like he. Like, I feel it was too. I really do. That's a good accident. Well, because they they stopped and kind of admired yeah, each yeah. other. Like, hey, what a great fight! So, like, I like Cody says, if 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 you're planning that. You know, there's. I mean, they're they're getting ready to clap it for uh, a few seconds left in the fight. You're not going to do that, and then it just kind of like he kind of did it, and he's just like, it's just weird. Yeah, there's no plan. There's an accident. There's no planning. I think he literally like it, he was just in that position, and he was just like, <laughs> yeah. I think he was like staring <laughs> like at the ground. Can you really? That's what like I was that. thinking too. But you're I mean, not you're even like, torquing it. You're exhausted. Far. Yep. He's his jaw's been. Yeah, like, his Beat brain before. is probably. F- fucking loaded full of blood you know what i mean like right. it doesn't not gonna take a whole lot to like shut the lights off at this point you know what I mean? he's been chipping at that for 25 minutes and you know fatigue all these things and then he just touched his button and it just turned See, the I, lights off i don't I, think that i think in the first round that would have 
he would have just like would have been just like some silly thing that happened. But I love that about the sport is that occasionally and you can see something that you haven't seen. Yeah, that's why and, it's so and, special. And in and, and quite some time, you know. Yeah. Even when Cody fought uh, Sterling, I mean, it's just I would have never thought Sterling's going for that. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, and, and like, holy shit. You saw shit. it, what, two, two fights before him? The worst thing is, after is I again. knew he was, I knew that he uh, d- did that. I'd seen him do it to other people. And um, I should have just, like, the other people just kind of let him, like, straighten that leg out and, like, just let him, like, kind of stretch them out. Like, he would just, like, put him in this awkward position, like, really painful. And I tried to, like, funk out of it. And that's really what got me. It's another one of those situations where I don't think he was intentionally trying to rip my arm and my leg off. I just, it just happened. You know, I just reacted the wrong way and kind of, because I turned and that's when my knee like, I like, <laughs> Now when somebody comes in from like a well-respected team, but also to a well-respected team, like uh, iron sharpens iron, we know that We shit. kill them. But... Uh, <laughs> Like, I mean, you guys, you probably know some secrets that they haven't seen and they probably know some stuff you haven't seen. How quick are you guys to share that? And like, and also, is it um, like one of those things where it's like, hey, have you ever seen this? We work on this a little bit more. And you guys are both teaching each other, even though he's coming to your gym to train for a little bit. Sometimes I always look at uh, I always think that Darren and Cody, uh, especially Darren, always being ahead of the curve. I always think that, you know, uh, that he's 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 special he's always got some some stuff that nobody's ever seen um i've never met anybody like him he's the godfather so every time i come back it's it's not so much uh we bounce stuff on each other like okay this is what yeah i've been doing this i've been doing this Mm -hmm. yeah we bounce stuff around i don't think we i don't think i would if anyone else in alpha male came i wouldn't it'd be there'd be a like a period of time where it was just like Ego versus ego. <laughs> yeah. Until we kind of broke that down and became friends. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's different. I this come out. I've been training for a long yeah, time. Yeah. I just want to learn. Every, if I come out, I'm like, all right, what, what you got for me, Darren? You know, what you guys got for me? Like, cause I, I just, I'm always curious to see what, what they're working on and they always got really cool stuff. It works. You know, I'm always impressed by the performances. So, you know, it's, it's a little different. Sure. I, I show a few things here and there if, if I think it's, you know, to them, but. I mean, they've been training, you know, just as long. They, they they know some things, so it's not like I have anything hidden, hidden secrets. Maybe some drills and stuff like that. But uh, Darren, man, and you know, he's just got these. He's a crazy guy. <laughs> he's got moves that it's very you unorthodox. Don't see. Yep, and uh, personality same way that he fights. It's like you know, I'm gonna <laughs> go for it. I mean, and that that's awesome. You know, we were talking about that. I love him, but he's the weirdest dude I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. How how That's he probably felt. what attracts everybody to him. How yeah, he yeah. fell into rising. He's so yeah. fucking genuine about it. That's right. the thing that attracts. Right. That, That's it. He That's just like. he's like unapologetic for everything. Dude, yeah. He is. He's like yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, to be learned from that. And he should. Like, yeah. This is the way I'm gonna be. If you like it. Stick cool. around. If not, I couldn't give a fuck. Like that's literally exactly how he is. <laughs> and I think we, I think everybody kind of hu- gets hung up on like what people think of him, and like he, I don't think he gives two shits. <laughs> like no, he doesn't care. No. And that's something to admire. No, and I, I think that's you know the, the half the battle is that people worry about. I mean, there's so many at a local level, so many people with this. What this person thinks of me, or what this person thinks of me, who the fuck cares? At the end of the day, you're a fighter. You know, I hear these guys talk about this at this level. These guys, like young kids on my team, man, man I'm gonna fight this dude because this guy said this, and I'm like, man, you guys get literally like, you're literally in a goldfish bowl fighting with our goldfish over a fucking peanut. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
fuck that. Focus on big things. Like focus on like what people that are way above you are doing, you know, and just be a part of that. The peanuts, who cares? You know what I mean? Unless it's going to get you some uh, big paycheck. Fuck that. Who cares? It's just like the, I don't know, I guess the drama is part of it, but I don't know. Like not at that, like who cares at that level? If it helps you sell tickets, yeah. Yeah. But if not, then fuck it. Nah, I can't play that game. It just feels weird. <laughs> just annoying. It's just dumb. Now, Vince, uh, another motivation to, like, fucking beat the shit out of your opponent December 1st is you're giving up a Thanksgiving for <laughs> a fucking fight. Man, I think I've given up a bunch. You ever think of, a, a like, a, you're giving up a fucking food holiday for a fight, so this guy should pay even more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, like, he should get, like, some luxury tax. <laughs> How many holidays have you had in the sport, though? Yeah, uh, not a lot. You know what I mean. Just being on the other side of the the you know the world or the country, it's kind of cool to just be back home for Thanksgiving. If anything, so right. Um, man, I think I fought in like on the week of Thanksgiving at least you fought five in? or six. Fought. <laughs> I think I fought. You fought. In? Did, did we get a new word? Fought. In? <laughs> yeah, Has anyone like ever? It's like passing, never, passing gas and fighting at the same time. I've never fought, fought in before. Yeah, I'll fought <laughs> you, you right now. <laughs> I'm about to fought in somebody. But, uh, <laughs> I have competed many times during like the week of um, Thanksgiving or around it. So, um, nah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just brought in a new word, fought. Hey Vince, what did you do? Did you fought in someone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fought in you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Obviously, being from around here and stuff, what what have you seen happen with the local scene that is is good or it's not good? It's well, I mean, there was more promotions I think when when I first started out, but um, other than that, I think it's grown. There's so much more athletes. There's so much more talent. I think Michigan Top Team is ahead of the curve. I think they're doing everything right. They've they finally have a, a facility that kind of represents. Um, their know, level, the, their yeah. level, and it's you know, and it's cool that they're getting the recognition because they deserve more. Um, they really have something special there, and I think it's it's just growing. It's going to keep growing, and you know, you look at it and where it was five years ago now, and then where it's going to be in five years, and it's just it's really cool to see. It's really cool to come back to, and it's just cool to for me to come back and still kind of be a part of it. So I think, I mean, even all the other teams too are still still coming up too. Who? Um, <laughs> Name one. No. But, uh, like name I said, one. Like I said, I think Michigan top team is is name one ahead Vince. of the curve. <laughs> um, name one other team in Michigan. Um. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it's a trap question. It is it's next question. question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, lo- local talent is there's just tons. The fights, the matchmaking. It's I'm always paying attention to what's going on around around here, and it's really cool. And it's I'm happy to be from Michigan. I'm always proud of it. I'm always like, yeah, I'm, this is where I'm from. Right. You know, these are my boys. Like Darren and Cody, they both cornered me. You know, right. almost in almost all my pro fights. <laughs> uh, so when the Wild West was going on, clearly there were some unsavory characters. Too many fights. Too much. Too much going on. But I, I think now, <laughs> and I thought about it the last month. 
I think amateur MMA fighters in Michigan aren't getting enough work. Uh, the development that some of you, you guys have yeah. as veterans. And so, like, some of these amateurs are, are not going to be quite as ready for the pros. And that's the setback of the new rules. But you got to remember how crazy it was before the rules. So it's like a catch-22. Yeah. I love what Matt's doing out at Lights Out. Um, I love, uh, you know, Bataglia always throws a good show. Like, it, you know, Carlos got something special going with the casino. That's a good venue. That's a cool venue. Man. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, you're you're fighting on the same stage that, like, fucking Security music acts. Security fucking assholes, but, man. But the, show. <laughs> the whole thing is that, like, there there are some positives, but the ability to have a good amateur – like you got to fight now to get on these cards as an amateur, so there's not as many fights. And um, yeah, there's. So I think many you guys shows. had more developing. We were so many shows, I and mean, we both had over 20 amateur fights. Yeah, that's like, what I'm now talking. that's unheard of. But don't you think that also is going to kind of water out some of the lesser guys, some of the freaking yeah Kmart fighters? There should sure. be. I hope so. It's true. It also, I mean, unless a Kmart fighter is, a is really, really popular in his town and can sell tickets, <laughs> right? That's the. Because, I mean, ultimately, like, what are the promoter really looking at? Oh, is this guy really good? Like, oh, no, how many tickets does he, does he sell? Right. And if he's good, eventually he'll sell a lot of tickets. I think there's a lot of recycling, though, and I don't want to, like, call out names, but I'm I'm going to fucking call out names. Like, I, I think you just kind of see the same people on every card, and it, it, as, a, as, as a media person, sometimes I can't get excited about it, but as a fan, like, I mean, clearly, you fight on a card – your family's going to be there. Your friends are going to be there. They buy tickets, right? Mm-hmm. That always happens in MMA. But how do you get the casual person who's like, should I go to a movie or should I go to this MMA event? Come there, right? And I, I think some 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 names just keep getting recycled on these fucking cards over and over and over again. Now, what's what's his name? God, dude, he's fought four times out of the fucking um, uh, uh, Danielle's ex boyfriend. And, Blessing game. But yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's fought like four times. The last four cards, good. But like, I don't know the rotation. Like, I don't know. From a perspective of media, same promotion or different promotions. Mm. He's fighting a lot. Well, I mean, uh, it's cuppies. Kind of a... They fight a lot, mm. and uh, they've been fighting for a long time. Mm. And you, you think of a cuppy, uh, like you think of a card. Uh, there's a chance a cuppy will be on it. Well, if, that's, uh, if they have a fan base, I think that's what. You know what you're going I for. I think of a cuppy. I think of like a, a cup, a cup. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it holds and back. Jockstrap. I think it holds back <laughs> some some rising stars. I mean, there there reaches a point where uh, mean person Brad has to come out as media and go, okay, this person just doesn't have what it takes. He can fight at a local level, but you're coming up or you're coming up, and. These guys get on the card again for but, every promotion. That sucks for that person that's coming up that needs that fight. Yeah. I'm not saying – Or it. that person coming up at the level that MMA is at now would be smart to tell that guy, like, I'll beat your ass. And then get on the card and then do it. Yeah. But he, he needs to do that and he needs to be smart about it. You know, you got to – MMA game is hustle. You got to take, take something from, you know, the people that are, are getting skyrocketed in MMA and kind of – you know, piggyback off, you know, what they're doing off their playbook. Right. You know, like I was telling, uh, was that kid from SFS with the shiny shorts, fruity kid? He won his fight. Well, I, don't okay, I don't know his name. I don't even try. <laughs> I don't want anyone else to know his name either. <laughs> but I was telling a kid from my team, I was like, go out there right now. Call him out. Go out there right now, jump the cage, jump in there, and freaking be like, you're next. And he's like, man, that guy's got a crap record. He's like four and one. 
And I'm like, dude, you're going to fight at this venue? You're going to get paid? You're gonna, you know what I mean? Like, right. he can't say no in front of all these people. This is the ideal time. Right. You can't run from this. And then when you go home, get on Facebook. And do, do it again, again. and Plus, keep that hype up. Wanna, yeah, exactly. It's the hype. And then everyone there is going to be like, oh, man. You know, all his fans that were there, because he, he sold a lot of tickets, all his fans are going to be like, you, you got to fight, fight that him. guy. You, you got to fight, fight that, that guy. He harder. just punked you in front of all your whole family. You have to fight that guy. And I was like jumping up and down. Like, I literally carried him out of the room. like physically carried him. And I was like, go out there, man. What are you doing? He was like, man, I don't want to fight that guy. I want to fight better guys. I'm like, man, well. Right. Okay. Then you're not going to be fighting. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, you just You just let. Five like, men walk I'm, out the freaking door. It's like there was a, someone I knew who was like tell, telling his brother, like, you need to get a job. Well, I'm holding out for a management position. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. you, you got to take the steps to get there. Exactly. You can't just wait for it to fall in your lap. It's a business, man. It's a business. I don't yeah. know. Like, people don't understand that. They're like, oh, well, I want to fight. If I fight this guy, then uh, I can be uh, in the UFC. It's yeah. like, well, that guy is going to beat your ass. And he's going to be in the UFC. It's like if you have a startup company and you have $50,000, you don't take a $100,000 job. You know what right. I mean? That can literally sink your business. Like before it even you get your feet moving, you take, you know, a bunch of small jobs and try to build. And these like these guys, they're just like, oh, OK, yeah, um, I feel like I'm pretty good. I'm going to go fight this guy that has got twice as much experience in his hometown. And keep, the kid literally told me. And if he's listening, he's gonna know that I'm talking about him. But maybe <laughs> this will, maybe a light bulb will turn on. He literally told me he's like, "Man, I feel like I need to go beat guys up in their hometown." And I'm like, "That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. That's the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're just gonna go beat everyone in their hometown." And I was like, "And what if you have a close fight against someone in their hometown?" You're gonna lose and the whole time, his exactly. crowd cheering, "F you," you know what I mean, or cheering that kid's name. What are the judges gonna hear? You know what I mean? Like, come on, like, be, you gotta be smart. Oh, exactly. Uh, what do I know? No, I, I told Rochelle, and you guys are veterans, so think about this. I want to do this for Michigan M- uh, MMA, and I want to do this for Michigan boxing. I don't even care. It's on. It's going out here now. Someone someone try to beat me to this idea. No one's going to. I want to have state championship belts for MMA and boxing. They do, they do this in Ohio that you can win a, a boxing state championship and you can win an MMA state championship. and uh, I'm At a tired, professional level? Right. And I'm tired of these fucking local promoters like having, having a chance. million different fucking belts that don't matter and they don't defend them anyways. Right. And then the state championship belt follows wherever the guy fights. So like if, you know, if he wants to fight for Matt at Lights Out, that's where the belt is and you got to go there. Or if he wants to fight over on this side for Carlos, that's where the belt fight is. It definitely bring a lot more value to to the fight and the Eliminate promotion. Eliminate the belts, yeah. dude. Just and like, people can get on that. People can freaking get excited for that. Be like, dude, this guy's putting his state title up. You know right. what I mean? That's a pretty easy selling point. Yeah. It's genius. The the only thing that uh, is, is stopping it is that they used to Where's do- the start? That's the only thing that's either the problem. I say you do. Well, promotion gets it. Yeah. Let's let's do like a tourney, like a little bracket to get in and and have get all the fight promoters together, together and then promote each. Well, no, there's yeah, some right. I'm not inviting. Yeah. Like I'm being honest, dude. There's some that I will not invite. Yeah. Like I mean, because it's just like if you if you're doing what it if behind. That, what if X? What he, if this what? promotion doesn't have? What if this promotion has the best guy at this weight class and he won't fight anywhere else? Well, then let him in. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna blackball somebody because of it but you know and if he wants to defend the belt there but like i mean in the beginning i don't know if we had a powwow if we had let's say we gather 20 of the smartest guys 
in MMA right now in Michigan, know their shit, know the background, know how it works, know drug testing, all that shit, and and say, you know what, we're going to do do like a little bracket that gets you to state championship. Is that better than taking like three meaningless fights with different promotion? I think it would be. And then if you're a state championship uh, at a state champion level. Uh, hey, I'm the best one, you know, 55er in fucking Michigan and stuff. I think that holds more weight than saying you won three in a row at promotions that no one knows about. You know, mm. you know yeah, we're just you, going you back. Know, you know who you could you could get on board with that too. If you could get Tapology on board with it, be awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then you know what I mean, and then get get Tapology on board because rankings. they do the ranking system, and yeah. that's what a lot yeah, of these young Nathan fighters on here. That's what a lot of these young fighters are basing their like. They're cloud on. Yeah, they're cloud. You know what I mean? So yep. okay, so have number three fight number two, and have number four fight number one, and then the winner of that. Same way they would do it in wrestling, and then we'll just really see right. who's got it. Who's really you know what I mean? Because a lot of I see a lot of these rankings. Like I was ranked like third or something in or like ninth or something in the Midwest, and I'm looking at all the guys in front of me, and I'm like, I will beat the shit out of every single one of these guys. Why am I ranked the, like down? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like I. I waste any of these guys and I man ended up working out but at the same time you know if like someone from the UFC like looked me up on Tapology and they're like oh he's the 14th best guy in the Midwest like what the hell you know he's not even the best guy in the Midwest and it's like there's not that many you know good guys in the Midwest we're going to gather people and we're going to do it Cody and we're going to do it in boxing and then you know what you get to pass one time on defending your belt but then if you pass twice you use your fucking belt dude you got to fight the best uh, especially in MMA where your record doesn't mean as much in boxing dude you you can be a you know a five and two mma fighter and deserve to be in the ufc it's just like you know fight the best um i can understand if you want to pass one time due to weight or first time fighting at something you know but you know double pass and you lose your fucking belt yeah the ufc wants guys that are consistent and that will freaking go in there and bang with somebody right as much as they want guys that are winning fights like it, i mean really it's a promotion. Like, you see guys lose freaking three, four fights in a row, but the, every single one of their fights is entertaining, and they keep coming back, and their paychecks are going up. It's like, it's not, I mean, the UFC was bought by an entertainment company. It's more about the show than it is the athlete. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, as long as the athletes, you know, getting eyes on their show, they don't really give a shit how they're doing it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back to Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Throw my hair back oh, up. There you go. Oh, nice. Uh, Vince, if people want to follow your career, where they go? Uh, it's Vince Murdoch at all the social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, just Vince Murdoch. And then, you know, obviously it's Facebook. Vince Murdoch 69 at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's yours. <laughs> Uh, so big fight December first, uh, Causeway Bay. Yeah, hotel? Causeway Bay motel. Uh, I'm sure tickets are <laughs> at the motel. Fighting <laughs> <laughs> at the motel, baby. It's a big one. It's, uh, it's in the parking lot. Here. Holiday Inn. Don't park in the parking lot because that's where it's at. Uh, PD's throwing a show again for TWC. Go uh, go support Vince. Uh, uh, you know, great fighter Vince Murdoch and uh, Cody will be there too. So go say hi to Cody. Go bug him. Just be like, yeah. hey Cody, what's up? How you doing? Suck it. How you doing? Say something weird. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> this. Oh man, I can't even say. I don't think I can say it on air. This what this freaking right. dude said to me. Oh what? I'll fight you when you're out of the UFC, dude. A guy asked me if I had underwear on, and I looked at him and laughed. I was like, <laughs> "You're like I haven't worn underwear since '93." And uh, and he goes, "No, I'm just curious, man. I'm just like, like it just seems like your pants. I don't know. I just They're don't feel so like you could tight. have. I don't feel like you could have underwear on under those." And I was like. 
dude, what the, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, I have underwear on. And I was going to show him, and I was like, oh, man, this That's guy's weird. fucking weird me he, out. He, he wins. wins. He wins. Get away from he me. shows you. Yeah. You like, show I was like going to prove it to him, and yeah. I was like, this is what he wanted the whole time. You show him, and when he's Cody lying in dark and in like a yeah, bedroom, he's thinking of that. Then he like takes a picture <laughs> quick. Cody can't even wear his UFC beanie in public. Oh, no? <laughs> the guy goes, you do UFC? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were just punk. talking about Well, there's that. no UFC fighters in Detroit, so like I got this guy punked me. <laughs> he goes, like, oh, do you do UFC, bro? And I was like, actually, yeah. And he's like, okay. And I walked away. Like, Fuck you, dude. Uh, in no. in Vegas, they'd have been like, "Oh man, you fighting UFC? Cool, bro." Cody didn't even have a rebuttal. He's just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and I got teased by a freaking high schooler at a high school wrestling practice. Oh my god! I went volunteer some time at a high school wrestling practice. I was got walking down. There's a basketball team in the locker room. Uh huh. And I was like leaving. leaving. This kid's like, "Hey, bro!" He's like with all his boys. They're all staring at me, and I'm like, "Man, I'm gonna get hazed here." <laughs> they had this stu- stupid look, that stupid high school look on your face. I'm like, I was, I was this kid once. He goes, "Hey, bro, you uh." You ever play basketball? And I was like, "No, nah, man. I just I just wrestle." He's like, "Yeah, because you're real short. Then practice. You, you, yeah, like because you couldn't play basketball." <laughs> and like his boys were like, <laughs> and I'm like, I just got made a fun of. And I just looked at the kid and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna That's a walk away." This yeah. fucking, what oh can you do? Like, yeah, I'll beat your ass. Like, you just bully? can't do that. Yeah, boy, this kid. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, what you just got you bullied just by a high schooler. They all like I like I left as soon as I shut the door. They're all dying laughing. I can hear them all giggling in there. I'm like, man. You're like, oh, shucks. Fuck, these kids, they got me. He's got picked on. It's been a long time. We're going to have to give him like a, a, long time. a mom joke book so he yeah. has rebuttals. <laughs> a rebuttal book for every situation. Yeah, yeah well. Oh, I could have said something. Your mom. I could have been like, yeah, your mom likes short dudes, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> I could have said some really weird stuff, but I was at a. I was invited to a him. high school wrestling yeah. practice. I don't want to. Yeah, next thing you know, you a kid's like, him. you know, cries and calls his mom. And I'm oh, yeah, going to jail know. for. Yeah, sexually harassing a teenager. You'll be like, when you turn eighteen, I'll be in the parking lot. Then, yeah. All right. Uh, well, we are uh, gonna step out here and Mr. eat Warner some cake. We have an amazing cake that we're gonna cut over there um, oh, for Cody's birthday and Rochelle's birthday. We're gonna take a picture, put it on our <laughs> Facebook. It is an amazing cake, Vince. I don't know if you can get some frosting in you or something. <laughs> no, I don't I can't, know. I can't. You can sniff it. Uh, Holy shit, that sucks, dude. It. I feel bad, dude. <laughs> you can't even nah, dinner tonight. Like, Oh, my God. All right. So uh, thank you, uh, Vince Murdoch, for Thanks joining for us. Uh, big battle December 1st. Cody for bringing them in, dragging them in, and then Rochelle for running the board. We will be back next week. Take care, everybody.